Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 54, the UK's online digital TV and technology show, the show that's based on feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me as ever is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there. In today's show, a look at sport on TV and the future of FM radio in the UK. Here's a look at what else we're covering in today's tantalising take on technology. iPhone 4 reception problems confirmed. Free cases for all. The FM radio switchover 2015 is still the target. A pocket-sized power-free phone charger. Hands-on with the smallest Wi-Fi radio in the world. Plus your comments on Virgin Email, iPhone and the iPlayer. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. News time with some bad news for Freeview users with a box made by Digifusion, Inverto, Sony or Thomson. Some hard disk recorders made by these manufacturers used a service by InView, and that service has come to an end. This effectively leaves those boxes with no electronic program guide, making their PVRs next to useless. Links on our show notes for the full story. Next, the BBC News app for the iPhone and iPad is finally out, and has already had over half a million downloads. A BBC Sport and iPlayer app are in the pipeline, and apps for Android and BlackBerry are expected later this year. Now, ebooks. Amazon will start shipping a new version of their ebook reader, the Kindle, from the end of August. The new reader is smaller, lighter, has double the storage and improved contrast. One charge will give you one month's reading, and over 400,000 books will be available. This is a UK version, not a US import, and comes with Wi Fi and subscription free 3G from Vodafone, and it's under £150. Amazon is finally taking ebooks in the UK very seriously and a pre-order link up on our show notes. Staying with updates, a new version of the LiveScribe pen, the Echo, is out now with 8 gigs of storage. We covered these pens back in show 40. They're pens that record what it hears as you write, and I have to admit this is still my all-time favourite gadget. See our show notes for a demo of me using one. Next, some Sky News. Sky Sports News HD launches on the 23rd of August, and Sky's just done a deal with the US TV company HBO to become the home of HBO in the UK. In other channel news, 5HD has now launched on Sky and Virgin, and Sky Sports and Sky Movies HD channels will go live on Virgin from early August. We've got coverage of two other top stories, the iPhone 4 antenna gate and the proposed FM switchover, later on in the show. And finally, could the end of the road be in sight for speed cameras? Now, you may have thought that speed cameras make a lot of money for local authorities, but some regions are actually switching them off. In Oxfordshire, the authorities can't afford to run them, so cameras will be decommissioned from the 1st of August. It looks like Northamptonshire and Dorset are also scrapping some of their cameras. One sleepy Oxfordshire village, however, has announced plans to adopt their local speed camera to help keep their village slow after the switch-off. How sweet. Thanks, Pete. For more on these stories and others, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. So I'm glad we can focus in on something because I'm a bit blurry-eyed over one fundamental problem, and that is, should I go for Sky or BT Vision? I'm not too sure which is the better option at the moment. You're absolutely right. If you watch any telly at the moment, 
just about every ad break either has BT saying sign up with them for sport or Sky saying we're the masters of sport. It gets a little confusing and as we're only a few days away from the start of the new premier season, it's worth a look at what's going on in the world of sport on TV. But it does seem like a healthy competition between these two companies. Um, it's not actually like they don't both have something great to offer, is it? Yeah, I think that's fair. BT's message is a fairly simple one, which is you can get cheap Sky Sports. And Sky are saying, we've got the better package, we've got the HD, we've got all the bells and whistles. Right, so what sort of sports are we talking about here? First off, when we saw BT last month going big with their campaign, we stuck up a little survey on our site to see what our listeners think about sport. Okay, and what did they come back with? Well, 84% of respondents are into their sport and watch sport on telly, which is quite a high number, more than I thought. Well, it is. I would have thought only about 75% for us, maybe 76 at a push. <laughs> there you go. The big number is uh, 24% of those people get Sky for their sport. OK, and they're happy, are they? Seem to be so, yeah. Top Up TV gets 8%, Virgin gets 7%, and BT Vision currently only gets 6%. The surprise for us was Freeview, 41%. Oh, so the competition is just between Sky and Freeview then. Obviously, I thought BT was in the running. Well, you see, this is where I'm confused, because there isn't really any sport on Freeview. The only sport you've got is Sky Sports News, and what some of our listeners may not realise is that's going to be switched off soon. Really? So they can't even get the football results? <laughs> is that the annoying channel, is it? Like, Don't tell me the result! No, you... Oh, how annoying is that? <laughs> Yeah, so Sky has decided they don't want to run Sky Sports News for free. So if you want Sky Sports News, you have to now pay. So that's going to vanish from Freeview fairly soon. Oh, well, thanks for that. I won't be going with Freeview then. I also noticed from your survey results that 66% aren't planning to switch providers this year. Why not? I mean, go for BT, surely. Well, I think a lot of people are happy with what they've got. Of the 33% that did say they want to change, the majority said they're changing because they're paying too much. So people are, in these financial times, looking to save a little bit of cost and considering the options. And, of course, with BT going big time on Get Cheap Sport, um, people are seriously considering BT. Do I get the same sort of quality, though, with BT? Do I get all the same options as I would with Sky? Well, if I'm being honest, no. With Sky Sports, you do get more channels and you get the option of HD. Before we dive into the comparison between the two, should we look at the, the cost side of things? Yes, because it seems to me that uh, BT is certainly my cheaper option, isn't it, at the moment? What's recently happened is BT has just put um, these two Sky Sports Channel placeholders up on Freeview. So Freeview Channel 41 and Channel 42 are already there, ready for this to start um, in August. And what BT are going to be offering is one of those sports channels for six ninety nine a month. Right, OK, that sounds rather cheap. And they're also offering ESPN for free if you sign up to one of their value packs. Right, so obviously Sky have come back with some special deal, I'm sure. Yeah, what Sky's done is they've increased their prices by £3. So they've taken £3 off the price of their current package, yeah? No, no, they've added £3. Sorry, that competition's gone the wrong way, isn't it? <laughs> I thought they were supposed to try and compete. Yes, a very odd decision. Pretty much the day BT announced their um, six ninety nine for sport, Sky put their price up by £3. Very odd, but I'm sure there's method to their madness. Um, so let me talk about the, the comparison between the prices here. So if you were to go with BT, you get TV, your broadband and your phone calls for £17.99 a month. And on top of that, for an extra £12, you can get Sky Sports 1 and Sky Sports 2, which effectively means you've got your phone calls, your TV and your broadband for under £30 a month. Sounds like a good deal, but how does that compare to Sky? OK, well, Sky's basic package is £19 a month and you can get free calls and free broadband. Then you add £20 a month for the sports. 
£39, right? If you want ESPN, that's another £9. £48. And if you want HD, that's an extra tenner a month. £58. That's uh, actually quite pricey now. (laughs) Yeah, compared with £30 from BT. But, of course, the flip of that is you don't get the same deal with BT as you get with Sky. So with Sky, you get Sky Sports 1, 2, 3, 4 and Sky Sports News, whereas on BT Vision, all you get is Sky Sports 1 and Sky Sports 2. Mm, Not so good for quantity and, of course, that news channel. With Sky, you also get their interactive content, so you can do the the whole red button stuff. You can also optionally get the HD with Sky, so that's four HD channels of Sky Sport, as well as ESPN, who also broadcast in HD. None of that on BT, it's all standard definition on BT. So it's a nice little package, really, for the 58 quid. And you get Sky Player, which is Sky on your PC. You can also get Sky on your mobile, and Sky are also uh, playing around at the moment with 3D. I see, so overall it's kind of a different product altogether, isn't it? It is. I think the key thing is, if you're serious about your sport, then you go with Sky, where you do get the HD. And watching sport in HD is a killer. It's, it's very, very good. However, BT have come in and said, look, we're going to do this a lot cheaper. If you want cheaper sports, you're no longer tied to getting everything you want from Sky. And there is finally a viable alternative. Well, fair enough. How does it compare to the others, like Top Up TV and Virgin? BT's headline at the moment is, if you go with BT, you can save £211 a year compared with Sky. And you can save 346 compared with Virgin. Virgin do, do, do offer some good packages, but they're not as cheap as BT is kicking in at. But what about Top Up TV? Good question. They've finally announced their plans for covering Sky Sports 1 and Sky Sports 2, and they will be offering their service on Freeview, and they're claiming to be the cheapest supplier of Sky Sports 1 and Sky Sports 2 around. Wow, this is going to be cheap. How much? If you want Sky Sports 1 on its own, 22.99 a month. Hold on a minute, I've just entered a topsy-turvy world. I thought you just said BT was six ninety nine. That's correct, yeah. So how how can that be cheaper? Are you are you is this a completely different world? Have I missed something? I think it's confused a lot of people. The good thing about this particular package, although it does sound initially more expensive at twenty two ninety nine a month, you don't have to get your broadband or phone with them. Right. Okay, so this is how it works out cheaper. Exactly. So you're not tied into a phone, a broadband contract, as you are with Sky, BT or Virgin. So it's just a pure standalone service. And at that price, that is the cheapest way of getting Sky Sports, as long as you don't need your phone or your broadband at the same time. So £22.99 a month for Sky 1. Sky 1 and 2 will be £31.99 a month. And the whole pack, Sky Sports 1, 2 and ESPN, £39.99 a month with no broadband and no phone. Right. Top Up does need a subscription card, and if you want instructions on how to do this, we've got a special page, frequencycast.co.uk forward slash Sky Sports. Hold on tight. Just one other thing I want to throw in. On our survey, and by the way, you can get the full results on the website if you want to see all the little graphs and all the answers that we had. I thought I'd just read out a couple of messages that we had from there. Okie dokie. Should I start with the uh, Sky Sports one at the top there? Sky Sports shouldn't be removed from Freeview. Yeah, a lot of people said that one. Absolutely right. Can't uh, can't disagree with that one. And Rupert Murdoch wants to create a monopoly. This will turn popular sports into minority ones by limiting the audience. Next one here says, Access to sporting events on TV has never been more restrictive than it is now. If you're not prepared to pay large sums of money, there is little live sporting action to enjoy on terrestrial TV. The sooner Sky's stranglehold on sport is released, the better. And another one here that says, I would like to see Virgin have their own sports channel. Then they would not need Sky at all. And here it says, HD is a must for football, so I'm staying with Sky. Until BT make a move into HD at least. Sky's expensive, but don't forget the football is actually paid for by Sky. This is a fair point. 
He says here, if Sky don't pay, Premier League football could collapse. Yeah, it's a sort of a, a bitter twist there, isn't there, to the tale? So it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll keep the survey up. If you haven't put in your results yet, do come along, fill in the results. And we're only a few weeks away from the footy, so let's uh, see what happens between Sky and BT as the war hots up. Thank you. See who scores the first goal. And who knows, I might get the results of that goal from one of these, which is what we saw at the Gadget Show live, isn't it? Sexy little beast, I like this, but it's not a normal radio, is it? I mean, last show we were radio hamming it up, and now this is the latest in technology for radios, isn't it, really? This is. This is a device called the View Quest, just out, and we believe this is the smallest internet radio in the world. And when we say small, it really is. Do you remember the, the very latest... Uh, Panasonic Walkmans in the days of cassette. This is not much bigger than one of those. And in fact, it's smaller in some dimensions, but it is so, so handheld. It is a lovely little bit of kit. Let's fire this up. Battery powered. Uh, I'm going to hold down the button on the side, which is the power light. Oh, look at that. A nice flashing light comes on. It's green flashing light. Which happens to go red when it's charging, which is quite nice. So green here means it's fully charged. Oh, it actually has a purpose then. It's not so you can see where it's going in the dark. And a very nice jog wheel function selector. Very much like the iPod. And uh, a little enter button in the centre there, as well as a power button. And it has a lovely screen. This whole thing's around, oh, I don't know, must be about 15 centimetres by one centimetre or so by about five centimetres, isn't it? Amazing little bit of kit, though, isn't it? Right, now let me get this switched on. Okay, so this is switched on. Now, we don't have Wi-Fi here in the studio, so I'm actually using one of my handy-dandy little MiFi devices to get us an internet connection in here. Have we reviewed those before? The MiFi, yes we have. Go back and look at the topic section of our website and you'll find it. So tell me about this beautiful piece of kit. What does it do? Right, we've switched it on. We're at the main menu. We're now going to scroll down to all stations. Press the button. It's already connected over Wi-Fi. And we've got here United Kingdom, locations, genres and new stations. So let's hit United Kingdom. They very cleverly categorise this down. So it's BBC and everybody else. So you've got BBC, Popular Stations, All Stations, and then the categories. So we've got Alternative, Ambient, Big Band, Blues, Celtic, Classic Rock, and so on. We've got a good one here, Comedy. If you go into the Comedy category... Is that where we are? <laughs> I wish. BBC Radio 7 and Goon Show Radio. The Goon Show. I say. That's super. Have a gorilla. Thank you very much. So let's just pick a radio station here. Let's, um, let's dive into BBC. So we click on BBC... Okay, I'm going to pick Radio 4 for the sake of it. And it's got BBC Radio 4 or underneath that Shows. And in Shows you can see various podcasts, which is quite nifty. Uh, let's just go into BBC Radio 4, see if that works for us. Imagine Dingrid having all in white at church with a choir. And it's a very nice sounding piece of equipment. I don't think this really conveys the quality as it is, but it is actually a very nice sounding mono device, isn't it? But is it not true that this outputs in stereo? It does. It's only got a mono speaker, but it does have a stereo 3.5mm uh, headphone output, which is nifty. Uh, this might be a better way of demonstrating the quality. I've just tuned it into one of my preset stations. Dominant format, but patent encumbered. I have a Sansa Clip, common theme there, which is a great little player and supports OG. We should cover the OG format in more detail. He sounds a little bit like you, doesn't he? <laughs> okay, so, yes. Yeah, so uh, our frequency cast streaming radio station is available on here, so you can listen to 24 hours a day of us on this device, which is nice. Yeah, and I met this stark piece of technology at the Dabs live show. So, before you run off with that lovely piece of kit, spec, please. Spec, 15 hours of battery life on a single charge, charged by USB. Uh, it's got a 3.5mm headphone socket, 
volume control, lovely uh, white on black screen. It gets over 12,000 radio stations and it's using the VTuner database. Comes with this case. Well, that's huge. Oh, that little one. <laughs> yeah, not my briefcase, this thing here. Very nice. It's kind of a suede look, isn't it? 1.8 inch display, 15 hours of built in battery, takes three to six hours to charge, 3.6 centimeter speaker, and it comes with USB cable, case, and manual. It can store three internet settings. I must admit, when you do set it up for the first time, you have to enter the security key, the WEP or the WPA key, and it is a little bit fiddly with this scroll wheel, but it's perfectly doable. Uh, and it can hold 12 of your favorite radio stations, or you can just scroll through these 12,000 or so stations. What if it hasn't got your favourite station on it, though? Very easy to add it. You go to their website, put in the MAC address of this device, and it will automatically add any new stations you add on the web to your device. Very impressed, and as I say, I reckon that's the smallest internet radio there is. It is. I like it. How much? 70 of your pounds. 70? Good grief. I thought it was going to be about 130. Have a look on our website. A couple of pictures of us holding it, and links to the cheapest price we can find. Well, I'm really glad we've had a look at one of those because uh, we're all going to have to have one of those soon, aren't we? Because FM's going off, isn't it? Going off. We've had a lot of emails and texts on this one following a speech by Mr. Vasey last month. Oh, Mr. Vasey. Sounds like a Mr. Man, doesn't he? Who is he? Ed Vasey. He is the Minister in Charge of the Department of Culture, Media and Sport. And he did a speech primarily aimed at the radio industry talking about the proposed FM switch off. Oh, when does that happen? Well, they're still targeting 2015 as the date to do a switch over to digital. That's not far away, really, is it? I haven't got a digital radio. What am I going to do? Well, what Mr. Vasey has said is we won't be switching over to digital fully until the vast majority of listeners have voluntarily adopted digital radio. Oh, right. That's going to take us ages, isn't it? All those little old people. How many people have done that so far? According to Mr. Vasey, 24% of all radio listening at the moment is digital. So I see from this, we've got to get to 50% before we do the switch. 50%? That's not far off, really, then, is it? Well, we're halfway there. Oh, dear. He also says the switch won't happen until the coverage of digital is the same as the coverage of FM. Oh, so we're a long way off, then. Nah, we're getting close there as well. More digital transmitters coming on. But all I hear is comments about the quality. Fair point. Yes, at the moment, a lot of the stations are very heavily compressed, and the quality isn't as hot as FM's quality. So is that assured that the quality will improve once we got rid of FM then? No guarantees. Well, I'm not really sold yet. <laughs> it is this idea that the stations that we currently listen to on FM will be going digital and you won't be able to get them on FM anymore. So if FM goes, there's going to be a lot of people without radio anymore. People are going to be banging the top of their radios with the saucepans, aren't they? Come on, talk to me, damn it! Well, if you think about it, there's 60 million of us in the UK and we've all got more than one radio. There's only been 11 million of these digital radios sold, so there's a lot of people that are going to have to spend a fair amount of money to get their radios replaced, which is not ideal. The, the tricky one, of course, is in car, where you've got a car radio that people listen to their FM radio on. If FM does get switched over to digital, FM won't actually go. They're not going to completely switch off FM. What they're going to have is local community radio stations on there. The big downside to that is if you're in your car and you drive from town A to town B, you're going to be listening to a local station. It will fade away. As you get to town B, their local station could come in. So you're not going to be able to drive from a big town to another town and keep listening to the same radio station. Well, it shouldn't be a problem as long as they're all owned by the same company. <laughs> They'll be outputting the same stuff anyway. You're all heart you are. Anyway, um, 
Well, that was a pun, wasn't it? So the in-car bit is critical, and Mr Vasey tried to address that by saying he's going to be talking personally to the major car manufacturers with the aim of getting a digital radio in all new cars by 2013. Right, so what about all the older cars? Well, he's got an answer for that. What we've got is these things like the Pure Highway that we reviewed last year. These are little devices that are DAB radios. They stick pretty much like a sat-nav to your windscreen and pull in a DAB radio signal and then retransmit it onto your FM car radio. He's covered everything, hasn't he? But it's all at a cost, isn't it? Yeah, these little adapters are £80 a pop at the moment. Ouch. Mm. For something you already own, the radio. Yes, there you go. Or, of course, you can buy a brand new DAB car radio for about £250 and then pay £100 to get it installed. Oh, that's all right. That's a lot cheaper. Came up with one other idea as well. He's planning to talk to phone manufacturers and get them to put DAB radios into phones by 2013. Is he going to ask very nicely? I can just imagine him knocking on Steve Jobs' door and saying, "Uh, could you put a uh, uh, DAB radio in the iPhone 5, please? I don't think they'll be doing that, having a love trouble, picking up reception of other phone calls. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute, actually. It's an interesting time for this FM switchover. Uh, 2015, it's getting closer. A lot of people are very unchuffed about this. I don't know about you, but I think this all sounds a bit pathetic. Um, Are there any campaigns or petitions up at the moment? Yeah, go to our show notes. We've put a couple of links up to a Save FM campaign and also to a petition that's got a rather large growing number of signatures. So, yeah, do have your say and Save FM. That's one of the good things about the internet. I like that bit. Uh, Actually, that's surprising. Is there any campaign on the internet about this iPhone 4 thing? Because haven't they um, come down now? Haven't they agreed that they've uh, mucked up? There's a little bit of bish in their product. Well, pretty much. So as we covered when we reviewed the iPhone 4, there's a problem. You hold the phone in a certain way, and it was dropping the reception of the phone. Apple originally were, oh, well, it happens to every mobile phone and it's not a problem, blah, blah, blah. But they finally admitted that it actually is a problem after a leading consumer group in the US said, we can't recommend the iPhone because of the problems. Sounds to me like you guys at the Apple Mac Center need to think before you uh, plough on ahead. You do great products, but if you keep going like this, this could be the fall of a large empire. I'm not convinced it will completely come to that, but uh, yeah. Anyway, they've now finally come out and said, yeah, you know what? Actually, there is a problem. It does affect other mobiles, they've said, but it is certainly a problem for the iPhone. So they've done two things. One is they've released a new version of operating system, iOS 401. And you probably won't be able to see it, but if you look up the top, the signal strength bars there, they've made them bigger. Oh, that's good. Yep. So you can at least see the signal strength a little bit clearly. And they reckon they've changed the algorithm so it's a bit more accurate. But the problem with the reception does still persist. So what they're going to do is supply a free case to every single iPhone 4 user. Because having a rubber case around the edge seems to alleviate this problem. How much are these cases? Well, this this one here is called a bumper. So this is... It's a little rubber band that effectively goes around the outside of the case. They're 25 quid. £25! That's a lot of money. How many of these things have been sold? Well, bear in mind this is now free, so they're paying for everyone to get a £25 one of these. They've sold £3 million, so that's going to cost them a fair bit, something like £120 million just to supply cases to everyone that's got one of these phones. Good grief. Wouldn't like to be paying that bill. There you go. Anyone that's already bought a case can get a refund. What, for the case? For the case. Okay. And anyone that really, really, really is not happy with the iPhone 4 and the reception. Steve Jobs has said, after 30 days, if you're not happy, we'll give you a full refund on the phone. I don't think many people will be taking that option. True enough, but uh, fair enough. Steve Jobs, on the 16th of July, came up, stood up, held his hands up and said, there's a problem and we're doing something. It wasn't the full product recall that people were expecting, 
but nonetheless, something has happened, and the problem of the death grip, or antenna gate as it's known, has finally been partially addressed. Thanks. Would you like a joke? I'd love a joke, um, but before you do, I, I must say, there aren't very many companies that are big enough to stand up there and say, you know what, we did make a mistake, but they took their time doing it, and for the Mac people, I would have thought I could have done better. And you'd also thought they'd have done some testing and this problem wouldn't have happened in the first place. But anyway, would you like a joke? I still would like a joke. I've got to thank Les Cornwall for this one. He tweeted us with this one. He says, I found this on Twitter. He didn't come up with his joke, but he's forwarded it on. Two iPhones get married. Right. It was a lovely ceremony. Okay. But the reception was awful. (laughs) That was almost funny. Apparently, it was held in the wrong place. That was funny. The last bit was brilliant. I like that. Let's move on. So, time for a gimmicky gadget. My 30 seconds of extreme fun. And today's gimmicky gadget is a free energy pull string mobile phone charger. It's small, about twice the size of a Zippo lighter, has a pull string on the end, and is suitable for charging most mobile phones, MP3 and MP4 players. Great when you're camping in this lovely weather. And one minute of pulling gives you two minutes of talk time. This is not a wind-up. This comes new in its original box for around $12.99, complete with five mobile phone adapters and a 12-volt car adapter. I thought that was quite impressive. One minute of pull time gives you two minutes of talk time. Maybe Free Energy should start their own dating agency. See our website for details. Not about the dating agency. Time to hear from you now as we take a look at your emails, texts, tweets, facts, calls and telegrams in interaction. That's right. First of all, we're going to say hi to John Stamper. He got in touch about the iPhone 4. He's got no problem with reception, but does have a problem that some of his apps don't work, including Mariner Calc, which I'm assuming is some sort of calculator for Mariners. Uh, he's also looked at Copilot Live. Sounds like he's a bit of a traveller, but both seem to have stopped working too. Uh, what's going on? Well, it's all connected with the new iOS 4, the updated operating system from Apple. There have been a bunch of changes with this new operating system, and many of those require some rework by the developers, and then subsequently approval by Apple. Now, this can take a little while, so you may just need to be patient. If you go into iTunes, each app should have contact details for the developer. Try and get in touch and see if they're planning an update. If you still get no joy, talk to Apple and try and get yourself a refund. Sounds like sound advice. Uh, we also had a text from Sung Min, I think that's right, on Samsung. Oh dear, that's a tongue twister. On a Samsung TV. I've just started noticing that there are many missing Freeview channels. What you've got to do first off is do a scan for new channels. If you find you're still missing the channels, it's probable that your TV hasn't got a strong enough signal to get in all those multiplexes. I'll stick a link up on the show notes to a really good page that gives a handy 10-point summary on how to pull in those missing channels. Sounds great. Now, what is that really? You don't seem to. You've got all the serious emails and texts and stuff. Where's that one about the USB plant? Oh, not that USB plant. Do we have to? Well, I just thought it's funny. I think we should have a new uh, feature here. Anyone's got an idea for the future technology, throw it in. We're going to call it Frequency Cast Footsteps to the Future. Sounds good, doesn't it? It's got a nice little ring to it. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Uh, I want to say hi to uh, Stephen Masters, who sent us a Facebook message. You should mention that many of the latest Blu-ray players are compatible with BBC iPlayer and other internet services. Yes, indeed, we've mentioned it. And Stephen also says, long live the show. Thank you very much. But anyway, going back to my USB plan. No. All right, then Luke Spencer asks... If Sky take over Virgin 1, will they keep it on Freeview? Will the new children's channel, Kid Co., be coming to Freeview? 
Well, we've got no definite answer on either of these. Sky has not announced their plans for Virgin One as far as we know. As for Kids Co, that's a worldwide TV kids channel that's available right around the world already, but not in the UK. Apparently by the end of 2010, we should see it here in the UK. Okay, thank you. Hi to Ian Gibson. He got in touch via our iPhone app. Says, we're like Glastonbury, but in iPhone form. Is that a compliment? Yeah, Glastonbury? Hmm, don't know, no idea. Uh, what have we got next? Uh, we also heard from Paul Clements. He's with Virgin. He, along with other Virgin customers, have been confused by email changes. It seems Virgin have changed their email system, causing a lot of confusion. What's happening, Pete? I'm confused.com. Well, what Virgin's done is they've consolidated their NTL world, Blue Yonder and Virgin.net emails all into one service, operated by Google Mail. If you've got one of those type of email addresses, you need to make some changes to your email software settings, so Outlook Express or Windows Mail. Virgin's released a tool to make these changes happen automatically, but some have had problems with that, so you can actually enter the settings manually should you wish. And I'll stick up a link on the show notes. Cool, that'd be great. Here's a podline call. This is regarding the iPhone. Hi, it's Mark from Highgate in Yorkshire. I'm just wondering if you can tell me how to delete an individual number off an iPhone. I can only seem to delete the whole call list. Thank you. Uh, no, I don't think you can. There used to be some apps out there that would work on a jailbroken iPhone 3 to allow you to delete one entry. But as far as we know, nothing for the iPhone 4. If you know different, let us know. Now, here's another interesting call that we had on our pod line. Uh, this is the only phone number I can find on the BT site. Clearly nothing to do with trying to contact BT. Uh, as a phone company... It's pathetic. BT, nothing to do with us. You'll find BT at bt.com and not frequencycast.co.uk, my friend. Yeah, well, it is pretty easy to confuse the two, isn't it? Let's face it. <laughs> that reminds me of that other query about someone asking whether we were sponsored by BT. <laughs> I can assure you we're not. I wish we were. Think of all the freebies. No, we're not sponsored, and we don't get paid to do any of the reviews or any of the features that we do on the show. That's why when it's Bish, we tell you it's Bish. So guys, if you've got a comment or a question, you can text us on 07882043521. Email us via our site or leave us a voicemail on 02081334567. Now we do try and answer every single email that we get, don't we? In fact, we do. Someone will always respond to your emails or your texts or your calls and try their best to help you out. And we do try and play every single voicemail message that we get on the show as well. So we really do value your feedback. With that in mind... We've also updated our listener survey. Ten questions that will help us give you a better show. There's a link on today's show notes. So please take two minutes to give us your feedback. Frequency cast. Shut down in progress. Well, that's all for this show, show 54. For news updates or to get in touch, please stop by frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. FrequencyCast. Shut down.